everyone, and welcome back to the Going Coastal podcast, the podcast of the Students and New Professionals chapter of the American Shore and Beats Preservation Association and hosted by the American Shoreline Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marissa Torres. And I'm one of your other co-hosts, John Miller. And today's episode is one of our Coastal Policy Series, and we're fortunate to have two guests from the University of Hawaii Sea Grant College Program. Joining us today are Brad Romine, the Coastal Resilience Extension Specialist and Deputy Director of the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center, and Amy Wirtz, Coastal Lands Program Coordinator. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for that introduction and having us today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to have some folks from uh, Hawaii, for sure. Uh, it's great to have that perspective on. We don't get a lot of uh, Hawaii coastline uh, folks on here. So essentially, I just want to start off with a background about you guys. So what was your, um, what's your research background in or your professional background, your academic background? Um, and we'll get started with that. So Brad, why don't you go first? Sure. Thanks. Um so my, my research background, my academic background is in coastal geology. So I did a, a master's and a PhD here at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, where I, I continue to work to this day um, with Hawaii Sea Grant. And um, my research and, and graduate studies focused on um, coastal processes, particularly beach erosion and um, natural and, and human impacts um, up to our coastline. And, and that has evolved more and more into um, I continue doing some research, though my work is really focused on extension. I think we'll talk some more about that uh, later, but um, really focused on um, changes, the historical changes to our shorelines around the Hawaiian Islands um, and the natural processes and, and human impacts that um, we're having on our coastlines here in the islands. Well, that's pretty sweet. Um, so what do you do uh, now? So what is your role as... Um as those coastal resilience extension specialist, and then we'll get into the role of your deputy director position. So coastal resilience specialist first. Sure, so I, I finished my degree, my PhD about 10 years ago now, and um, actually rolled right into my uh, my current position with uh, the University of Hawaii Sea Grant program um, at that time. And it was, a, it was a really nice transition for me to be able to um, take my research, which really was very applied research. We were looking at um, historical shoreline changes around the islands um, using aerial photographs and old survey charts to map how our shorelines had changed and, um, and brought that knowledge um, into Sea Grant and um, a position with the Hawaii Department of Land and Natural Resources um, in their Office of Conservation and Coastal Lands, which is one of the agencies in the islands that is responsible for um, care management of um, our beach and shorelines um, around the state. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I went from an applied science kind of research background to um, an applied science extension position with Sea Grant um, located at uh, the state of Hawaii and did that for about six years. And uh, Amy has since uh, moved into that position recently. Um, I still work really closely with that office in my role as extension faculty um, with Hawaii Sea Grant, um, but my, my work has evolved a little bit since then to become a little bit more project specific where I'm working 
um, with the state of Hawaii, including that that Office of Conservation and Coastal Lands, but also our state of Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation Adaptation Commission, um, uh, working on a lot of special projects, but in particular working on um, on sea level rise vulnerability and adaptation approaches for our state. We did a big sea level rise uh, vulnerability and adaptation report in 2017. Um, we developed a state of Hawaii sea level rise viewer, which is an online mapping tool um, to looking at uh, the vulnerability data that's been developed in partnership, close collaboration with um, researchers here at the University of Hawaii, looking at how sea level rise um, will affect our shorelines um, from high tide flooding, wave runup, coastal erosion around the state. And um, we've used that uh, to, to develop a number of uh, planning and, and permitting guidances and um, really day-to-day -day, um, working closely with planners and policy experts and even elected officials in, in local government um, to help bring the science. My role, our role um, as extension faculty is, is to really bring that, that scientific perspective, the latest science information into decision-making and policy and planning in local government. And with that, we also work really closely with our communities, um, understanding their needs and concerns and helping to make sure you know they, they're informed and understand uh, the latest scientific information and uh, adaptation and resilience approaches as well. Oh, that sounds like a lot of hats and a lot of things to do. Amy, what about you? What was your um, uh, academic and early career background to where you are now? Thanks. I, uh, I come from a, a, a bit of a different background than Brad. And just as a side note, one of the exciting things about working for Sea Grant is that there are a lot of folks who come from varied backgrounds in coastal and marine sciences. So um, first, my educational background, I have um, two master's degrees. One is from the University of Washington in physical oceanography, did that a number of years ago. And then more recently, I have a master of marine affairs from the University of Rhode Island. And in those studies, I focused mainly on the Coastal Zone Management Act and looking at ways to sort of ease or facilitate the federal state divide and jurisdiction in applying the Coastal Zone Management Act. Um, professionally, I have recently completed a 20-year career in the U.S. Coast Guard. So this is my second career here with Sea Grant. I just started this last March and I'm really enjoying the work so far. In the Coast Guard, I did a number of different things from serving on ships and doing a lot of interagency policy work, uh, waterways management work with the Coast Guard, working really closely with different communities and different government agencies. And that is a lot of the perspective that I'm bringing into the extension work that I'm doing now with Sea Grant. That's amazing. I'm 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 a, I'm a little jealous right now. Um, one of one of the roles that I play actually is a New Jersey Sea Grant Coastal Processes Specialist, and so familiar, certainly familiar myself with the the Sea Grant program. But um, we have a very small program compared to uh, Hawaii. So hearing that sort of diverse set of backgrounds and experiences, um, you know, makes me makes me a little bit a little bit jealous, but. Uh, yeah, and the other thing that we, Marissa and I always tease each other about, you know, there's seems like every other person that we have on is a, a URI graduate. So uh, Marissa being, yeah, yeah, exactly. Go Rams. 
Marissa, Marissa likes taking taking uh, pride in that. Yeah, not as common out here in Hawaii. More UH grads out here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So, um, wow, Sea Grant in Hawaii. I think Brad, you did a great job of, of sort of sum, summing up, um, you know, some of the things that uh, that Sea Grant does. Um, you know, on a you know, for people that are like less familiar um, with Sea Grant, uh, and, and maybe we'll go back to Amy for this question. Um, you know, what what is it? What does a day to day look like for a Sea Grant extension agent? Like, who are you? Who are you dealing with? What are you doing? Because um, uh, I don't think extension is something that most people really appreciate. Kind of what's involved with it. Sure. Yeah, I think that there's not really a every day that every extension agent of who they're working with and what they're doing is similar. And in fact, just for myself, um, I've been doing this job since March, and I'm really fortunate to have wonderful colleagues like Brad and others who came before me that are still part of that professional network. Um, but I work with the several different state offices on any given day, the counties, the planning departments and other agencies in the counties, um, members of the public who are concerned about coastal erosion and coastal processes and just the health of the beaches here in Hawaii, community and beach advocacy groups that we work with on a really regular basis who are similarly concerned. Um, and just the university faculty, right, to bring some of more of that expertise expertise in a really wide variety of people who we get to interact with. And a lot of the role is helping to facilitate those discussions between the different agencies and also between the public and advocacy groups and the state decision makers in how they're applying the rules that exist and maybe developing new programs and new ways of engaging to help to protect and maintain the beach resources. And I just add to that, um, that was a great description, Amy, of things we do. And um, I, I often describe our work as, as building bridges um, between university, um, local government and community. And, and they're two-way bridges, so we're helping to bring the information, the latest science from the university out to those groups, but it's, it's two-way. We're also really trying to understand their needs and, and um, reciprocate and bring their needs and that understanding back to the university and our partners um, to, you know, uh, develop research agendas and, and um, tailor and hone our extension programs to um, continually evolve to meet um, government and communities evolving needs around uh, coastal resource management. Yeah, a lot of listening. I think um, providing space and opportunity for, for people to be heard and listening and doing those connections. Sometimes I can go whole days without saying a word. So it's very different, <laughs> very different day to days over here. Uh, I really appreciate it. I like the idea of active listening because um, how else are you supposed to know and what else uh, uh, to, to engage. Um, so one thing that I'm curious about, there are sea grants all over the country. And I think they usually sit at, uh, universities or academic institutions. So what is different or special about the Hawaii sea grant area versus say the New Jersey sea grant or other sea grants around the country 
I'll jump in there because I, I know how our director, Darren Lerner, would answer this uh, right away. He, he would say we're the best Sea uh, Grant program. <laughs> no, I, I, I say that tongue in cheek. I, I can hear him saying that in the back of my mind. Um, we're, um, we're a sizable program, I think, among the, C, the 40, uh, what is it, 34, 35 now, I think, Sea Grant programs. If, if, if Guam is, um, I think Guam was recently added. Um, um, so we have 45 faculty and staff um, at Hawaii Sea Grant, and you know we're talking about um, our coastal extension work, but we have a, a wide range of folks working on um, different issues, concerns, um, foci here. And um, I think one thing that makes Hawaii unique um, is, and I guess Puerto Rico and Guam would be in the same situation, is that all of our land in Hawaii is in the coastal zone, you know, from from mountain to sea. So we have folks working on our issues around our reefs and marine resources, folks like us working on beach, dune, um, shoreline concerns, um, and then also folks working in our watersheds um, because everything um, that's ha happening on land the, the, the challenges, what I'm trying to get to is the challenges that we're dealing with in our shorelines and our, our marine areas, um, which is traditionally kind of the focus of Sea Grant, are, are in large part the result of what we're doing on land. So um, we, we have folks working from um, mountain to sea or, or Malka to Makai as we stay here in Hawaii. And um, I think that makes us particularly unique and um, interdisciplinary and collaborative and and. Um, in our Sea Grant program and also with the folks we work with. You know, we work with a range of, of stakeholders um, in government and community um, and also a range of folks in the university too, um, researchers and, and other specialists um, in, a, in a variety of um, topics. So I think, that's, I think that's one of the things that makes us really special. Um, the other thing I mentioned is, you know, we're, we're a state-based program. We're based out of the University of Hawaii at Manoa, but we're... Um, we're spread throughout Hawaii. We have extension faculty um, in, in each of the uh, major islands at this point. Um, and um, we also have folks um, in the Pacific Islands, in the Marshall Islands, in America and Samoa, and, um, and elsewhere. So, um, you know, it's, it, that's, it makes a huge area for us to cover, um, but there's a lot of links, the cultures and the, um, resource management concerns um, throughout the, the Pacific Islands. I'm going to jump in and actually contribute to the answer to the question that Marissa just asked as a host, which maybe I shouldn't do, but what the heck. Um, only because New Jersey is actually a little bit unique. So I just wanted to compare and contrast with what you know Brad had just said about the Hawaii program. So New Jersey is actually one of the, one of the states, I think there was two, I'm not even sure if there's, we're the only one at this point where the program is actually run out of a consortium of universities. So in New Jersey, Rutgers being our big state institution, it doesn't host the the Sea Grant uh, program. The, 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 the consortium is an entity in and of its own. Um, and to contrast with Hawaii, I think you said 45 uh, faculty and staff, New Jersey, I think, has maybe a dozen, and that might be a high, uh, a high number. So we have a much smaller program. Um, but within that, we are more spread out. So I'm based at Stevens. We do have extension agents based at Rutgers and we have uh, Monmouth University and a number of other um, universities throughout the state. So we kind of spread it out, but overall like mission wise and, you know, everything that, you know, 
Brad said about building bridges, very much similar in terms of kind of what we do. It's just how we do it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, kind of interesting differences. Yeah, we recently, uh, UH Hawaii hosted all the Pacific extension leaders uh, for a summit. And our extension lead here, Darren Okamoto, put together a a really fantastic agenda for them. And um, I was able to co-host with our colleague Shelly Hable one day as we took them around the island to look at different um, beach management and, and coastal issues to talk about the things we do. And, you know, all of those uh, visiting extension leaders all commented at the end of that week that about the variety of the work that's being done at UHC Grant and um, about the opportunity to spend the week that they had here out with all of the different programs, whether it was our coastal processes work or the aquaculture work that they got out to, um, education outreach work that's being done out of Hanama Bay and other locations. So just to echo that idea of the variety of work and the, um, the passion of people here are really fun to work with. I just wanted to add that in. As, as fairly new faculty um, in the extension program, it is really great to work with people who are so passionate and dedicated to the work that they're doing. Yeah, that's a great point, Amy. I, I, I echo that. That's one thing that keeps me really interested in this job is, is the personal passion that folks bring to their work on a daily basis. And I think a lot of that comes from, um, you know, we we work where we live and play. Um, we work in these communities that we live in. And, um, you know, my, my personal story, my background, I'm, I'm I was fortunate, privileged to grow up along the coast in California, um, later moved to Hawaii for my graduate studies. But um been surfing my whole life. I'm a, I'm a beach guy. And, and that's what got me interested in, um, you know, my academic graduate school um, track there. And, um, and, you know, I continue to bring that passion to, to my job. Um, and I, I, you know, like you said, Amy, I think that goes for all the folks that we work with. And we have a, a personal interest um, in, in making our communities better and seeing the natural resources um, and, these, and, and public access and things like that um, properly administered by our governor, government partners. And so, you know, through through the science and the information we, we bring. So um, I think that's where that, that passion comes from, from a lot of us. I hear there's good air out there. The Pacific air just keeps everybody fresh, happy, fun. It's uh, very different from our mainland air uh from what i hear especially out on the atlantic coast we have our nice trade winds that blow here um most of the time out of the northeast and uh kind of our air conditioner um at this time of year is typically our typically our hottest and the trade winds could shut off sometimes it gets a little hot and muggy but it is it is definitely a nice place to live from that standpoint but uh i've been lucky to travel around a lot of our different coastlines um in the United States and had family, um, on the Maryland coast and, um, and grew up on the California coast. There's a, there's a lot of beautiful coastline in our, in our country. So, but uh, we're certainly blessed here in Hawaii with our environment. And, uh, I, again, I think that's part of the, uh, the passion we bring to our job is recognizing that, um, you know, the other thing that makes us unique, um, here in Hawaii, um, and we're not totally alone in this, but, um, is, is the Hawaiian culture here in Hawaii, um, you know, that, that we 
really try to work closely with our um, Native Hawaiian partners um, here in Hawaii and um, understand their needs and considerations. There's a lot of particular considerations in, um, in the culture and language and um, integrating that into our approaches at, at Hawaii Sea Grant is, is a big focus of us here in Hawaii and, and I think makes our program a little bit unique. Um, certainly a lot of our Sea Grant programs are working with um, indigenous and tribal partners, but it's, it's a big focus here in Hawaii too. Yeah, I just wanted to add, uh, in addition to the Sea Grant faculty living and working and playing here, that goes for the just general public as well, as, as well as our government officials that are working on on these issues is there, you don't have to look far to find people who care here and who are really concerned about our coastal resources because it's part of everyone's life here. And that goes to the culture piece that Brad was just talking about. And also, you know, general way of life here is that idea of connection and everybody lives on the coast. And there's a real awareness that it doesn't require as much work to go out and find people who are interested in engaging in engaging on difficult issues. Um, they're there and they're ready to talk when given the opportunity. That's another difference between Hawaii and New Jersey. They, they talk in Hawaii and in New Jersey, they debate very loudly. So you guys have all brought up um, interesting, very interesting points. One, Brad, you stole the question right out of my mouth, asked and answered yourself about your community engagement with the um, Native uh, population, the Native community. I'm wondering, I have two questions, um, one for Brad, one for Amy. So regarding the Native community uh, engagement, you guys do work a lot with them. There's um, your entire program is really based off of active listening and communicating back out and educating to the public on different levels. But have you in recent years, uh, has have you noticed any shift in that narrative, in that underlying conversation? Have there been uh, additional challenges that you guys have had to face and overcome just with the general undertones of the, has the conversation changed at all uh, based off of what's been happening recently? There, there's some unique challenges that we um, recognize here in Hawaii, um, given the history. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, is that um, our beaches and our natural resources, they're, they're not just natural resources here in Hawaii. They're also cultural resources. They're gathering places and Place is a very important thing here in Hawaii and um, both culturally and just for, for all of our communities. So, um, you know, I, just the example I share is, is with um, beach restoration projects here in Hawaii. Um, that's, that's something that Amy and I get pretty deeply involved in with our work with the um, State Office of Conservation and Coastal Lands. And, you know, uh, New Jersey, for example, John, I, I know they, like Florida, do some pretty Delaware, other places do really major, extensive um, beach nourishment projects um, to restore beaches that are eroding. Um, and um, there's a whole level, I think another level of concern, consideration, listening that we try to do and need to continue to get better at to understand the um, cultural considerations of these places when we're coming in to do it, when, when the government 
I should say, is looking to do a project like this. It's, it's, um, it adds a, a level of complexity for all sides involved, but, um, you know, it's not, it's certainly not something that we can just bypass and something we're, I think, continue trying to strive to get, to get better at, um, listening can be harder than, than talking to people. And it's, it's something I always have to kind of remind myself and always trying to get better at. So, um, that's just one example where, where that comes to, into play in, in our particular work. And, um, and it's not just us, you know, talking to the communities. We do a lot of that at Sea Grant. We're conveners. We do a lot of invited presentations and talks and webinars and things like that. Um, but also working with our government partners to understand how they're working with our communities and, and kind of getting a shared understanding and, and maybe providing some guidance to them um, on how to... Uh, how we can collectively better work with our communities too, including our native Hawaiian populations, but, um, but everybody here in Hawaii. Sure. Um, one thing that I want to point out uh, before we move on to a new topic is what Amy said in her last answer was that everybody lives on the coast here in Hawaii. And that is such a distinct feature of, the population that really separates Hawaii from the rest of the U.S. is even if, yeah, we have sea grants along the coast, the rest of the coastline, but there are not nearly as many folks just actually being out on the shoreline that the inland folks complain, why am I paying for shoreline things if I don't see the shoreline and this and that? So I think that's a real distinction that probably, um, that definitely helps the narrative and prevents arguments and it's more oriented goal oriented and more solution oriented because everything it all matters to everybody instead of a few so i really appreciate that um that's something i just wanted to highlight yeah that that, that passion is definitely something i was actually going to ask a question related to that because the passion makes it easier because everybody is passionate about the coast everybody's invested and that goes for a place like New Jersey as well. Um, and it makes it easier to have these conversations, but at the same time, because everybody's so passionate, you know, they may not always agree about how best to manage that resource. So it's, it's interesting in that it opens up avenues for conversation, but then also it's opens up avenues for disagreement as well. And I'm wondering if any of that comes through in the, you know, in Hawaii, um, certainly comes comes through in, in New Jersey. I wonder if that's the same in Hawaii. Oh, I think it is. And I think it's important to note that um, Hawaii is not one place, right? So when we talk about really place-based work is each island has a distinctive character and even the different regions of each island have distinctive characters of what's appropriate for beach management or for engagements in each place that changes, um, whether you're working on Kauai or you're working on Oahu or Molokai or, or Maui, those are all very different communities that do have different um, priorities that can come out. And so a part of it is finding what is important to the people in a particular place, even from one cove to the next, from one beach to the next on any given island, there can be those individual differences that um, can lead to 
um, maybe disagreement if you're looking at solutions or having conversations that are over a broad range or looking at the state as a whole. It can be more difficult to have those conversations with people versus having them based in individual places and ensuring and engaging in a way that really takes those concerns into account. Here's a question. I guess I'm I'm intrigued by this because, you know, New Jersey is a home rule state. So we have something on the order of, I'll say 70, 80 different municipalities, which uh, are border our coastline, um, which is not that big to begin with. Um, and the decision-making process, a lot of it runs through the local municipalities. And so what you just touched on, uh, Amy, uh, you know, in Hawaii, is it is it kind of the same thing where each of these sort of individual units, whether they're communities or whatever, do they have a say in kind of how their shorelines are managed? Or does that take more, is it done more on a either island by island basis, or how does that work in Hawaii? I can jump in there. Don't mind, Amy. Um, yeah, we, we are a home, room, home rule state also here in Hawaii, and we have um, four counties, Hawaii Island, um, Maui Nui, um, Honolulu City and County, and Kauai. Um, and that kind of forms that we don't have uh, kind of a lower, for lack of a better word, municipal level government in Hawaii, so it's really state and county, though it's a little more complicated because Honolulu is the whole island of Oahu and includes the city and the whole island, Honolulu city and county. But um, yeah, there, there is shared management um, of our coastal areas in Hawaii between the state who we, Amy and I work really closely with at state level government, um, but also work really closely with our county level partners, um, our extension faculty, at the county as well as the county planners and permitting staff and elected officials also um, and it's it's complicated here in hawaii because there's uh, overlapping jurisdictions um, at the shoreline in the, in the um, coastal zone um, and further these so the the state well before i get to that the state administers everything kind of seaward of the coastal development that's so that's like the beaches and the rocky intertidal areas and and um, the near shore marine areas. And then the county administers everything, um, the developed areas behind the beaches and, and landward. Um, and so there's this kind of, these kind of overlapping jurisdictions that happen at the shoreline. And then you have other folks, the Army Corps of Engineers have interests in, in the shoreline areas too. So, um, and then further with coastal erosion and sea level rise and these growing, growing concerns with climate change and the impacts we're already seeing, um, these boundaries of the shoreline are migrating uh, landward into the development. So um, it, it, it makes for a really complicated management regime here in Hawaii. And so a big part of our role um, as extension faculty, uh, Amy, myself, others of us working in, in coastal extension with Hawaii Sea Grant, it, it is, is also focused on um, making sure these different agencies and these di different folks in these different jurisdictions are communicating as best they can and, and talking and that we're understanding each other's, um, you know, particular concerns for their jurisdiction. Um, um, because the, the coastal environment doesn't recognize those boundaries, right? But, um, but the, the agencies do. And so we just are trying to make sure folks are 
um, kind of equally informed, understand the issues on, on kind of a similar basis and that, that folks are talking. I just wanted to add, you know, back to the the idea of incorporating the, the cultural practices is that in addition to those divides in Hawaii, there's a traditional mountain to ocean or Malkotumakai um, management areas that are like wedge-shaped areas that run from the ridgetop down to the coastline known as Ahupua'a. And those are also a piece of consideration. They're not jurisdictional boundaries as such for management, but they're also a, a cultural boundary boundary and a um, often they can be aligned with a littoral cell. They're not always, but that are another piece of consideration in the way that we interact. Very interesting dynamic. Yes, I'm sure that presents challenges in and of itself. You guys certainly are unique. So I just want to quickly touch on some of the student opportunities and involvement that you guys work with. Uh, you are based off of, out of the University of Hawaii, and I'm wondering what um, what programs are you do you work with, uh, and what are available to undergraduate, graduate students, other opportunities, etc. Yeah, we offer a, a range of different opportunities for, for students. It's a big part of what we do at Hawaii Sea Grant and the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center that I work with. Um, for, for Sea Grant, um, we fund research um, at the university and elsewhere, and um, much of that funding goes to supporting uh, graduate student research researchers or graduate fellows um, on those um, research projects that are, that are selected by those researchers, but funded through our competitive um, opportunities, funding opportunities at, at Hawaii Sea Grant. Um, we also offer a um, our GRAW Fellowship, which is a degree to work experience for postgraduate students to um, that have an interest in ocean and coastal resources in the state of Hawaii, and they'll be placed most often with a um, management agency or organization. Um, uh, to get uh, on-the-job experience, and that's a, that's a two-year paid fellowship. We also participate um, I, almost every year, have somebody uh, participating in the Canals Fellowship, which is a national um, Sea Grant Marine Policy Fellowship opportunity um, for graduate students um, that are matched um, with hosts in legislative and exec executive branches um, of government uh, in Washington, D.C. So that's a great opportunity to get some, some national policy um, and decision-making exposure um, in, in D.C. around uh, cultural, coastal uh, management and policymaking. And then uh, the other organization I work with, we, we host the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center here at Hawaii Sea Grant. And this is a um, center in cooperation with the U.S. Geological Survey. We're, um, we're focused on bringing the latest science in a similar way to Sea Grant, but uh, a little differently um, to support sustainability and climate adaptation in communities across the Pacific Islands. So this is Hawaii and U.S. affiliated Pacific Islands, and it's it's um, it's bigger than just uh, the coastal and shoreline management that we've been talking about. So it's looking at all kinds of um, natural resource management applications um, throughout the Pacific Islands. But uh, through the um, Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center, or PICASC, we also offer, um, we also support graduate st students on uh, research projects, 
funded through partnership with the U.S. Geological Survey um, at the university and, um, and elsewhere, including at uh, locally based federal agencies. We also have a summer um, uh, undergrad research fellowship that we run, our SURF program for folks um, that want to get uh, maybe some, some first or, or early experience in conducting research in a lab with a research mentor at one of our partner universities, UH Manoa, University of Guayaquilo, or University of Guam, um, to get some summer experience in, in a lab as an undergrad. And then we do occasionally offer other external fellowships, internships, and um, postdoctoral opportunities too. So um, if folks want more information on those opportunities, they can go to hawaiiseagrant.org, or they can go search up um, the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center and look under opportunities. We're regularly posting new opportunities up there. So keep us in mind if you're looking, if you're early career and looking for the next step and some new experience and folks can always reach out to any one of us um, for, for questions and, and ideas too. Wow. You guys got everything at every level. I thought, you know, when we were talking about how unique Hawaii was, I was already, you know, taking the bait. Like it was a nice sell, uh, really selling Hawaii there. Now these programs, amazing. It sounds really awesome at well, all levels for, for students and even new professionals to get engaged. Yeah, um, we're, we're really focused on, on capacity building here, building the next generation of, of um, scientists, but also um, resource managers, cultural, natural resource focused uh, careers, um, and, you know, and, and um, it recognizes, I think, that these problems that we're facing in our coastal communities nationwide um, are, are only growing, unfortunately, um, with climate change, with sea level rise, with increasing pressure to develop along our shoreline, with increase, increasing interest in, in using our shorelines. You know, we've seen tourism surge back here in Hawaii with uh, the end of the, the um, COVID pandemic and things kind of opening up. And, um, and so there's no lack of challenges in our coastal communities and we need really smart, um, capable folks to come up and, and, and fill these roles and meet these growing needs in our coastal communities in Hawaii. And, and I think that goes for all of our um, Sea Grant states around the nation, our coastal states around the nation. I just want to give a shout out for the Canals Fellowship in particular, because, you know, from my perspective, you know, we've had several students from Stevens and other pl in New Jersey uh, apply and, and get the Canals Fellowship. I think having that that hands-on experience where you actually get to, to to work in dc and see the way that all of the great research that we have going how that translates into coastal policy and getting an appreciation that good science does not necessarily lead directly to policy and there's a whole process and a procedure um that's required you know to ensure that we have the best science informing policy i i think the perspective that Knaus gives you is invaluable you can't put a price tag on it so definitely want to give a shout out to that sea grant program i think it's 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 an awesome program thanks john and it just reminded me you know i've, I've talked a lot about my coastal uh, research background but yeah we do need folks from a whole range of backgrounds um, to work on these challenging topics in our coastal community and you know i came out with a geology degree but i really quickly had to learn um, and continue to this day to learn new things about um, civic engagement, engagement, policy, uh, planning, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I would just emphasize that we, we need economists, social scientists, um, biologists, a whole range of backgrounds to work on these myriad challenging 
issues that we have in our coastal communities. So I want to say, I want both of you to give sort of a sales pitch for Sea Grant and a career in Sea Grant. So if you if, if we have students and new professionals that are listening, that are engaged in their research, um, you've both you know talked about what Sea Grant does and you know why would somebody want to get into Sea Grant? What type of person should get into Sea Grant? Um, you know, what are some of the advantages with working through a program like Sea Grant? Um, because, you know, in my limited role as a, as a coastal processes specialist in New Jersey, I agree with everything that you've said about how great the program, the Sea Grant programs are. But, you know, maybe from your perspectives as more full-time engaged Sea Grant uh, folks, you know, what are the great things about Sea Grant that, you know, students and new professionals should consider? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll start if that's if that's all right with you, Brad. My pitch would be that if you want to take your academic knowledge and do applied practical work to make a difference towards decision making, towards informing and engaging a community, towards helping our government decision makers to practice good resource management, that Sea Grant is a really good place for you. Uh, it provides the opportunity for people to continue to do academic research and work in that realm if they're interested in, while also taking that work out and doing a practical application of it to make a tangible difference in our resource management. I, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's it's the seeing the science uh, in action, science to action is, is one of the things I'm real passionate about. And, and I think what keeps a lot of us uh, really excited about this this extension work and this work with this, with Sea Grant programs. Um, uh, other things I'd mention is just the, the broad networks that we get to make in these jobs. You know, we've talked a lot about the, the range of uh, community folks, government folks we work with in this job. Um, we're exposed to a lot of really interesting and and, um, and different groups and cool people, and uh, so it makes for an exciting job. And, and with that. Um, you know, our work at Hawaii Sea Grant, my, my work personally, uh, it's been great that it's been able to evolve. Um, you know, it's not the same job from day to day, certainly. Um, and for that matter, year to year. And I think Amy touched on this. You know, we're, we're um, our, our positions are able to evolve with the community and our partners' needs. And um, my, my job has evolved quite a bit in the 10 years that I've been here. And it, it keeps it exciting and new and um but also fulfilling in that we we are, are i think we're doing a good job of continuing to understand our partners needs and evolve our approaches with that also if you want to work with just amazing passionate people sea grant is the place to do it i love it you guys are convincing me already <laughs> all right i have some rapid fire questions for you to close us out as well as one less rapid fire. You guys can think about it. So rapid fire. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. <laughs> okay. First, what is your favorite seafood? Ahi tuna. Oh, Brad stole my answer. <laughs> All right. You can both say ahi tuna. That's fine. Where is your favorite beach? Amy. All of them. All of them. <laughs> my favorite would probably be uh sunset beach on the north shore of oahu but it's really hard to pick one 
Well, I'm going to jump in. I heard a great answer to that question once at a ASPPA conference. Somebody asked Dave Basco, who's getting an award, what his favorite beach was. And he said the next one, <laughs> right? And that, that, I, I love that answer. So I steal that. I'm going to steal that anytime anybody asks me. Amazing. All right. What do you love most about your job? Working with smart, intelligent, passionate, engaged people. Oh, yeah, I got to echo that. I was going to answer almost exactly the same. It's the people. I like the science and working on the beach ain't bad, um, certainly, but it's the people that keep us excited and engaged. On the flip side, what do you like least or you're not the biggest fan of? I'll go first on this one. We deal with a lot of really, really difficult problems that do not have an easy easy solution. So um, if you like problem solving, this is a good career for you, but be ready to um, deal with some really challenging issues that, that, you know, that don't have an easy solution. Again, it's almost like Brad and I are sharing a mind on that. So if, yeah, it's uh, on, on a bad day, it looks intractable and unsolvable. And on a good day, it's knowing that all those great people are working towards these issues and are going to make a difference. Amazing. All right, last question that we ask all of our guests. What advice would you give to a student or young professional who's interested in pursuing a career or a position similar to yours? All right, I'll go first. Uh, follow your passion. I think that goes for any career. Um, I've been privileged, fortunate that I could do that in mind, but it, it certainly makes going to work uh, a lot easier every day if, if you're passionate about what you're doing. So I got to add one more. I know this meant to be quick, but don't be afraid to change careers, you know, or, or tracks if you feel like you're not heading down exactly the right direction you want to go. Um, I did that in in my studies, and um, it took me some time to figure out exactly where I wanted to go with my career. So don't be afraid, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to change where you're headed to something you're more passionate about. Persevere, you know, keep both keeping an open mind about those changes that might come, but also um, knowing that some of this work, it takes time, it takes patience and building of relationships with people in order to gain that trust and to be able to, to, to bring people together and to work towards solving these issues. So um, keep your passion high, but also uh, know that things take time and that you have to exert patience alongside your passion. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you both so much. Uh, I really appreciate those. Even as a young professional myself, it's really great to hear your guys' perspective and your advice for even someone like me. So all in all, thank you both so much for being here. I learned so much today. Our listeners learned so much whenever they listen to this particular episode. Um, and I had a great time learning about Hawaii and the Hawaii Sea Grant with you guys. So thank you both. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Mahalo. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about the Hawaii Sea Grant, you can find more information at hawaiiseagrant.org. We will put the link in the description for you guys to click on. And if you're interested in learning more about the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center that Brad is the deputy director of, also check that out at the link in the description below. 
Lastly, be seen and heard where it matters. Share your story in the top coastal and ocean podcasts and on the Coastal News Today. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of a podcast, contact Tyler Buckingham at tyler at coastalnewstoday.com or go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertising. Also, lest you forget, registration is currently open for YCSECA, the Young Coastal Scientists and Engineers Conference Americas, a conference for students run by students. The conference is taking place this year in Pensacola, Florida from uh, November 4th to November 6th. Check that out. Uh, Make sure you submit your abstracts and register for that conference if you're interested. Thank you all. Thank you all.